Today's episode is sponsored by Tranual. I'll interrupt this episode a little later to tell you more about them. Before EOS, it was constantly putting out fires. Got to do this and this and this and this and this. And I got to solve this person's problem. And I've got to, oh my goodness, we're low here, we're high here. And it's like all these, there's so many moving parts. And now the way I've grown is I've just found myself being able to take a deeper breath. And some people will say to me, how do you do everything that you do? I don't know how you get it all done. And I say, because I don't. I I couldn't do it all myself. And I'm so grateful that I have an incredible team who is so supportive and so loyal to the, the cause of being able to do what we do every day. So for me, personally, it's just allowed me to just breathe. Welcome to the We Run On EOS podcast. I'm your host, Pam Kosanke. That's Chris Thurgood, the owner of My Girlfriend's Quilt Shop. Chris went from being a fourth grade teacher to running her own quilting store and classes, during COVID, by the way. And the best part, she never stopped being a teacher. It's one of those things where you just get this gut feeling that there's something more that you want to do. And when I approached my husband about it, let's see, it's been 12 years now. And he had a great job. I mean, he was working for an international company. He was traveling all over the world, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted for our family. And he was gone a lot from the kids and we just wanted to make a change. And when I brought up the idea of a quilt shop at first, it was like, are you serious? And I'm sure probably his family thought we were really nuts because once I was able to just like share with him this idea, this vision I had behind what it could be, that it was more than a place of just getting fabric cut and things like that, that there was so much more to it. I think he caught on to the excitement and which I got to hand it to him. That takes a lot for somebody to do that and to believe in something that hasn't even been shown or proven yet. But he did. In fact, we both decided that we're both going to jump in with both feet at the same time. There was no plan B. He left his other job a week before we opened back in 2011. And we just said, you know what? We're both resourceful people. We'll figure it out. And we're just going to we're just going to do the theme. And not only are they doing the thing, but they are killing the thing. You know, I'm in awe of Chris. When COVID hit, she chose, and that is a key word, she chose to somehow make lemonade, right? Growing her company out by 600%, pivoting to online learning and teaching a much broader world of quilting fans. And yes, there are a ton of quilting fans all over the world. It was March, 16th when we were told we had to close our doors, our brick and mortar of 2020 because of COVID. And and that was a really scary thing because hindsight, you look back and you go, oh, it all worked out and everything. But at the time, no, you had no idea what was around the corner. And we thought at that moment, oh, it's going to be a couple of weeks, right? A couple of weeks, <laughs> we'll have to close the doors. We'll be fine. We'll get this virus under control and everyone will be wearing masks and then we'll be fine. We'll be able to open our doors again. And obviously we now know that that was not the case. I am so grateful though, that at that moment I had a choice and I said, 
well, at first you don't think you have a choice, but you always have a choice. Truly. Wait, say it again. Say it again. Those are gold words. <laughs> first, you don't think you have a choice, but you always have a choice. There's, there are always options. You just have to start thinking differently. And fortunately, we were in a business that could allow us to think differently because it was at that moment that I said, wait a minute, wait, you know what? We are not going down without a fight. Like if we, we almost said, you know what? If we close our business, it, it, it is what it is. We can say COVID did this to us and it would, we would move on and try something else. Or, I mean, it could have been absolutely devastating. We had, oh, we had 27 employees at that time. And that was really, really hard to figure out how to keep them going, how to keep us going. But we said, all right, right now, what are we really well known for in our brick and mortar stores? And it was the fact that we were doing classes in our brick and mortar stores. And, and education coming from my background was a huge part of that. And so people would come from all over to take these classes. And we were excited when we could fill a classroom of 12 to 15 people, right? And then we were told, no, you can't do that. And in two weeks, maybe we can open again. No. And then it went on months. And then it was to, you can't have more than 40 people in your store at a time. And then it was a nightmare. And we said, what if we could take those same classes and now let's do it virtually? And we were terrible at it at the beginning. Absolutely terrible. We were trying to put together these odd cameras. I had no idea how to do any of that. At the time, It's I laugh now because I never had done Zoom before, and now it's a daily theme that I'm on. But at the time, no. Plus, in our demographic, in our audience, not a lot of other people had done it either, okay? And so it was not only teaching ourselves, but it was teaching our audience how to do this. Good thing teaching is your background. Exactly. And so what happened, Pam, was we were able to go from classes of having 10 or 15 people to zero now because you couldn't have anyone. And now we were bringing in 300 people at a time online. And then because they were taking the class, they wanted the kit. And we were making, we were doing this makeshift shipping area, the basement of our store, it was ridiculous. It was chaos. It was. It truly was chaos. And there were just like a handful of us that were working because everyone needed to be home and you had to stay within six feet apart. So it was just totally a different way of of doing things. But we got through it and our business grew substantially. (laughs) over that period of time, because people were starting to come back to what did they love to do? What did they do younger, but they didn't have time now? Maybe people were developing a new hobby. There was a call out from the government for people to make masks. Well, we got to make masks. We need sewing machines, right? And we're learning to sew. And so we had all these new people who were wanting machines, who were wanting to learn how to sew and finding that they loved it. And that's how it grew. Wow. From chaos to clarity to downright confidence, Chris describes the process of finally and truly buying into process. This idea that that scary structure word really can set you free. It was about five years into the business that we were growing at a pretty good rate, but we didn't have the infrastructure to sustain it. 
And so what started happening- What was the big aha? What was the moment where you uh, said, that's the root issue is an infrastructure issue? Yeah. Well, balls were dropping right and left. The right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. We started getting behind on bills. And I, I was just like, oh my gosh, something's got to change. This isn't our story. This is not how it's supposed to be. But we really just thought, well, we'll just keep skimming by. But you know, when you work so hard, it's not very rewarding to just skim by. It's like, we got to do something different. And so I look back and I I feel so bad for the people who are employed with us at the beginning, because I'm like, I just want to say thank you for sticking with us. You guys, you are amazing. Thanks for sticking through the ups and downs, because I know it was a rocky road. And (laughs) somehow I discovered the book attraction. And I can't even pinpoint how I found it. It was just one of those things that, you know, the universe you, brought it to you. I, I believe that. I actually truly <laughs> believe it. I needed it so much. And I ordered the book. I read it that night. I stayed up. I couldn't put it down. I was like, oh my goodness, Gino is talking to me. This is exactly what's happening in my business right now. And when he says, do you have a grip on your business or does your business have a grip on you? Oh, yeah. I, I, those words were exactly the words that just came right out of the book for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you start, you basically, I mean, like a good teacher and a good entrepreneur, you're like, look, here's the manual. I got a book. I can just go do this. And so it sounds like self-implementation was your first choice. Self-implementation was the first choice. Now, then I thought, okay, we'll bring in an implementer. All right. We'll bring someone in and we'll, and it will be great. And at the time when you're not making a lot of money and you bring in an implementer and you're like, how am I going to do this? This is going to be tough, right? But I said, no, I'm going to believe in the process. I'm going to do this. And I only had him come one time because I still struggled <laughs> like in believing that it could work. So I was like, okay, this is great and all. And he was talking to us, core values and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 that sounds great. But tell me, how am I going to make money? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it, man. Exactly. Exactly. All this other stuff is just ah, it's a bunch of fluffy nice, stuff. Let's move on. Let's move on because I got bills to pay and I need things to like tell me what to do. So I and and money was tight. So I thought, okay, we could do this on our own, right? We got the book. I know the premise of it. We'll do it on our own. But I was very wrong. Well, I mean, you're a teacher, you're gifted at this. You what know? There's, Why didn't it work for you? Because I think there's nothing like having an outside person come into your business, realizing that I really needed help outside of my own thoughts. I just needed someone to help me kind of direct everything because I'm a visionary, right? So I got all this going on. Boom, boom, boom. You don't head. say. <laughs> And I needed an outside perspective. And I needed a teacher. I need the teacher needed a teacher. The teacher needed a teacher. As the saying goes, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And new systems and tools are suddenly required to learn, grow, and blast through the next inevitable ceiling. We made strides. We started making strides with what we were doing. It was okay. It wasn't phenomenal, but we were headed in the right direction. 
we put together an accountability chart. We were doing the different, really trying our best to do it on our own, thinking we can do this. Then COVID happened and then we grew, and I'm not kidding, 600% over COVID. And about halfway through that, I said, whoa, we need an implementer again. And this time for real, it's the real deal now. And I'm going all in. And our former implementer was no longer an implementer anymore. So we ha- we found someone new. And we love Danny. He has been amazing. And let me tell you, inflation, he was now twice the price. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gotten at a bargain discount. What happened? Yeah, I should have realized what I had before. But I'll tell you, it's been worth every penny. Because he has been so good at just being able to help us really navigate all of this. And we are growing so fast, so quickly that when Gino talks about hitting the ceiling, oh yeah, we hit the ceiling again. And I had to embrace my inner EOS and tell the company, this is normal. This is good. This is a good sign that we're hitting the ceiling, but we've got to figure out how to break through and we're going to do it again. And we're going to, there's going to be time we're going to do it again. And we're going to do it again. And that's all good. But now I've got an EOS implementer who's helping me really with each step. Clearly, COVID was a game-changing thing. You had to make some huge pivots like the rest of the world did. Tell me about some ahas or game-changing moves that really challenged you, challenged your DNA as a person, as a teacher, as a visionary that you knew, like this tough decision that just had to be made? There's been quite a few, but I will say that just this idea of, and we read about it in traction of letting go of the vine, that is a was and will still continue to be a big game changer for me. Because when you get caught up in the trap, and I will say it is a trap to say to yourself, well, no one can do it better than I can, or it's just easier if I do it myself, right? Those are the the stories we tell ourselves, thinking that it's too hard to just let go. And what I'm recognizing every day is that there are so many more people out there who know better than I do on things. There's a lot of things that I, I know, but there's a lot of things I don't know. And or just having the help, delegating, not feeling like you have to wear all the hats. Because when you try that, you lose. Day in and day out, you lose when you try to do it all yourself. So letting go of the vine has really helped me to put in perspective, what are the things I'm really good at and the things I enjoy versus what am I just, what am I not good at? And there's a lot right? Mm. So I think that has been a huge aha moment for me. It's just letting go and saying, you know what? I trust the people in my organization. I have the right people in the right seats. And when we talk RPRS, which is right people, right seats, for those who may not be familiar with that, it is one of those things that is so, so important to recognize. Because sometimes you will have the right person, but they're not in the right seat or vice versa. And when you can start letting go and taking like this break and saying, 
you look at the organization as a, a whole, you look at what is it that you really need and who are the people that will help you get there, it changes everything. It really does. It seems that every visionary on the planet struggles with letting go of the vine, their baby, their passion, the thing that only they can do. So Chris's story is very familiar in that way. Yet the reason for not letting go is unique to each business and each entrepreneur. Digging deep into your reason for not feeling safe enough to let go of the vine and actually putting wheels into motion to course correct for the greater good of the business is essential for getting on the other side of what I'll call the pseudo safety stuckness trap. There's nothing worse than your processes and training content scattered around a bunch of Google Docs or worse, stuck in people's heads. The good news is there's a platform called Trainual that makes it easy to document everything about your business, finally get your SOPs and policies organized, shave tons of time off onboarding and training, and get your process component nailed down. It's the integrator's dream. So whether you're growing or trying to scale with consistency or tightening up and needing more ROI from your team's time, Trainual is the answer. Right now, podcast listeners can get 15% off their first year. Visit trainual.com and enter EOS promo code EOS15. That's T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L.com with promo code EOS15 when you pick your plan. I think that that sense of control is just because you just have this idea of this is the way it should be. And sometimes when you can just like truly humble yourself and say, you could get there this way, but maybe there's another way you could get there too. Then that's like, wow. It, all of a sudden you just step back and you're like, wow, what just happened? This is so cool because I actually let go. I'm still, it's still something I work on every day. In fact, I, I'm laughing because if some of my employees were to hear me right now, they'd probably be like, she still can't let go. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably right on some fronts. But you know what? I'm proud of myself for a lot of things I have been. And right now in my organization, I'm the visionary, but I'm also the integrator. And that's uh -huh. something that Danny is working with me on is let's get you an integrator, Chris, and you're going to be shocked so, and blown away at how much more you can do. I look forward to that day and yet it freaks me out. So what you are a visionary, you're an integrator, mm -hmm. you know what the answer is. Oh, so totally what is know. stopping you? What is stopping you? Fear? Yeah. Fear of what? I think I'm nervous about like just handing that over to someone and, and believing that it's that I can find the right person for it. It's just kind of a different industry that we're in. And there's so much that this person would need to know about the industry. But Danny keeps trying to tell me that that's not the case. So just a little bit before the first session when we were talking, deciding if we were going to work together, the thing that stuck out to me about Chris was, you know, we laid it all out. You know, this is the process, yada, yada, this is what it's all about. And she was familiar with a lot about it. And I said, you know, shared the investment, the cost of working with an implementer. And she looked at me and said, wow, that's a lot of money. I said, sure, but it's gonna be worth it. And she said, I know, let's do this. 
Danny Tony is the professional EOS implementer for My Girlfriend's Quilt Shop and Chris's partner in this process. Once Chris realized that it was time to really go to school on EOS, that she couldn't afford not to, she was all in. I think one of the reasons why Chris is such a great visionary is because when she sees the value in something, she goes for it. She's not intimidated or paralyzed by things that seem scary. So the first session, there were six people that were there and all six people were very focused on wanting to build a great company. And when we were in the accountability chart exercise, everyone was really focused on let's figure out the best structure for the company. And they really took seriously, like setting their egos aside. That was my perception. And then we identified the major roles for each of those major functions. And then we put people in seats and two of the six people didn't have a seat. And I could tell that was an intense experience for them, especially Chris, because Chris just loves people. And one of those two people was her daughter. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So one of the first people that had to go during the accountability chart exercise that you literally from like day one was her daughter? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And tell me how that went. What were some of the feelings and kind of emotions in the room? And how did you coach them through that? There wasn't like politicking wasn't happening during the process. So it wasn't difficult to coach them through this. And Chris is not a constant talking leader. Like she doesn't dominate the conversation. So she was there asking the questions, letting other people talking, giving some insight here and there. And so the team really together made the decision that, these two individuals weren't going to be on the leadership team. But when they all realized that that's how it was going to be, I just talked about how one of the beautiful things about EOS is that there really is no room for ego and we don't need to have that ego. And being on the leadership team doesn't mean that you're better than the people who aren't on the leadership team. We've got an organization that needs the right people in the right seats and we need great people everywhere. And I just said, you guys are welcome to stay here and finish out the day or you can leave and go do whatever work that you want to do. And both of them actually decided to leave. But when they walked out, Chris needed a moment of just kind of absorbing that. But she felt like for the greater good of the company, that team of four that they ended up with was the right group. So it's funny, you said Chris isn't somebody who dominates the conversation or inserts herself too much. And yet she does admit struggling with letting go of the vine, like any other visionary or frankly, anyone who's gifted at what they're doing and passionate about what they're doing. Tell me a little bit about what those conversations have been like as you've been coaching her through this process of letting go of the vine. Yeah. So I think I'm personally okay with it being a process. And so all during the experience and working together, I've made comments like a vision integrator is going to be a big deal for you. And so you should really think about it. Or there's been phone conversations that we have preparing for sessions and I've really brought it up and she's always been nervous. But the thing that I've seen that gives me evidence that we're going to get there is their accountability chart is one of the best, most detailed, most up-to-date accountability charts of any of the businesses that I've worked with. When they come to sessions, it's totally up-to-date. They've got everything structured. They've got the major roles. They've got the people issues identified. And every single quarter, they've been chipping away at continuing to get the right people in the right seats. And when I jumped in with them, This was really at the beginning of essentially their 
brand new company that COVID had created essentially. And so I think that Chris is going to get to the point where she really feels like she can let go there. I think she wants to make sure that she truly does have the right person in the right seat as the integrator and can really trust that. But she's been doing a lot of delegating, a lot of people moves. So I believe we're going to get there. Danny, tell us about any sort of that would certainly be a game-changing move for her, and she's been working her way into the position to be able to make something like this, right? This is a hard decision to get the right person, the right timing, all of that stuff. Is there anything else that you see as a game-changing move, milestone, decision that you help the team work through? Yeah, so the one that comes to mind, and I just think I was on the ride enjoying it with them, and Chris was really leading it out, but before their last annual that we had, in January. We were talking on the phone and things weren't going super well in the business from just the standpoint of certain things. And she was a little stressed and she, you know, was talking to me about, man, can we really take two days away? And I just iterated the annual, the two day annual is those can be the most impactful experiences for your leadership team and for the company. So yes, we're going to do two days and we're still going to do it, but come prepared, come ready. Don't just show up, take some clarity breaks, think about what the business really needs. And so when we came to the first day of the annual, I could tell that she was like rear and ready to go. She was patient enough to let us do the high level stuff and the team building. But the second day she brought some really clear thoughts around and this is public now, around moving away from their brick and mortar stores and going very much online. But she was sharing all of this. She was talking about data, like real data that they had with stores not working or this situation not working and online working extremely well. And so as she was talking about this, everyone on the leadership team was just sitting there thinking, man, we've been thinking this as well, but this seems intimidating. But it was cool to see that. And it's been cool to watch them become even more focused, but also have the guts to look at the data and being willing to go where it's saying to go. Wow. Trusting the data, trusting the process. And actually, it's interesting when people are thinking about it, they're feeling it. They can't maybe can't put their finger on it totally. Or it's the scary thing to have to say, but it might just be the answer that like breaks through the ceiling that you've clearly hit. How to have you coach them through recognizing those ceiling moments? Because to that point, if everyone's been thinking it, feeling it, but not saying it, the question is why? Is it a lack of data? Is it a fear from entering the danger? Is it, God, that sounds hard and sad? What do you think it was? I think for any facilitator listening to this, I think what's important to understand is that it's not your job or your role to have the answers. It's to ask the questions and to make the observations. And so if you're hearing something over and over again or something doesn't make sense, you don't have to get all worked up about it. You just start asking about it or start bringing up and see what the reactions are. And people will convince themselves if you're asking the right questions on, are we going in the right direction or not? Should we double down on this or not? And also too, what's great about this is They made this decision based off of their core focus. And so it was a decision. It wasn't made based off of weakness or worry. It was a decision made based off of strength and pushing forward. And that's really important to understand. It's amazing how much strength can come from just naming the thing. 
getting curious about the thing, and having the conviction to discuss the thing in earnest. Otherwise, we risk suffering in silent fear and missing fresh opportunities. She's just creative with everything. She's definitely a creative problem solver, but it's just how she does everything. I think for every entrepreneur, I think the ultimate dream is to build something and build it to a place where um, it's making an impact on the world. Uh, and I think ultimately, how wonderful would it be to, to be able to sell the business one day and have the infrastructure in place that allows something like that to be done where the next person who takes this over has a great start. I just think that's ultimately the dream. It's twofold. It's to be able to sell one day, but also I think more importantly, just to make an impact. We often say, as go you, so go they, when it comes to the power of leadership. But wow, doesn't this same sentiment ultimately apply to your customers too? After all, entrepreneurs are creators and people consume what entrepreneurs make because it solves some problem, gives some sense of joy and relief. It makes an impact on people's lives. This universal truth and entrepreneurial why hits home when Chris talks about her community of customers. I love our community. I love our community we've built. We have men and women from all over the world who now are a part of the girlfriend community. I love teaching. I love being able to inspire. To some, this may seem a little cheesy, but I, I find it to be actually what gets me up in the morning is that I know without a doubt that when I am able to help someone, whether it's learning a new skill or being able to be reminded of something that they truly love and enjoy, anything that helps a person to bring more creativity into their life, they are impacted in such a way that they become a better mother, father, grandfather, friend, because they feel good about themselves. They feel like they've made a difference. And when we talk about our purpose, cause, passion, for us, it's empowering one to impact many because we find it every day. And I get letters all the time that are, and people reaching out saying, you have no idea what you have done or what someone in our business has done to help them to whether they're going through any kind of hardship or depression or a divorce or a lost family member and somehow being able to bring this experience together and say, I'm going to create something beautiful for my home that brings me joy, or I'm going to create something for my family member because I know how much they will love it and I'm putting love into that. When you do that, it's like putting this little love note into the world, right? And then they have accomplished something. They feel a value. They feel successful. And all those things that take me back to when I taught elementary school too, it's the same principles of whenever you feel good about yourself, you are that much more of a better person and friend to those around you. So I take this to a whole nother level. When I talk about my girlfriend's quilt shop, it's about building a community of people who love all things handmade, but they love what they do because they love the people they are making it for. 
And that's the thing about this community. They are givers, 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 givers. So we give the inspiration, we give the lessons, we give the tools for them to be able to now do these things for their families. And then therefore the impact is huge. And to me, that's what motivates me every day to do what I do. Wow. And you, you've created a business yeah. that creates yeah. for others. Yeah. And the gift that just keeps on giving, there's a compounding interest, it sounds like, in this entire world of creation yes. that is having such a big impact. And that's the, the secret sauce. That's the love. Yeah. It's all done in love coming from us and the people who work with me are extremely passionate about this same cause. And that's what's cool. So, Chris, as you've grown up through this business, maybe pre-EOS and, and now, how have you transformed as a leader and as a person? What are the big kind of shifts that you've seen in yourself? Oh, wow. Boy, I'm a lot more reflective before EOS, it was constantly putting out fires. I gotta do this and this and this and this and this. And I gotta solve this person's problem. And I've got to, oh my goodness, we're low here, we're high here. And it's like all of these, there's so many moving parts. And now the way I've grown is I've just found myself being able to take a deeper breath. And some people will say to me, how do you do everything that you do? I don't know how you get it all done. And I say, because I don't. I, I couldn't do it all myself. And I'm so grateful that I have an incredible team who is so supportive and so loyal to the, the cause of being able to do what we do every day. So for me, personally, it's just allowed me to just breathe more and just to to just be more reflective, to take those clarity breaks and look at the business as a whole and not get so caught up in that day-to-day -day that I used to do. So I'm proud of myself that I've done the work and I'm still doing the work. I'm proud of my husband because he's such a huge support. Like to have someone believe in you is priceless. I'm proud of my family, my kids, because they have been through it from day one and they've seen the ups and downs of owning your own business. And I'll tell you, owning your own business is not for the faint of heart. It's the person who's willing to do the work and overcome those obstacles and to try to find answers when you run into those roadblocks. Has there been anything surprising to you that you look back and say, I had no idea how I would be changed or how this would impact my life? Well, for sure, what I wish I would have done earlier is just stuck with the process, not thinking I could just do it myself. I should have stuck with the implementer from day one. But as I look back, I go, you know what? Maybe it was okay that I did go through that. And, and now I can share that message with others is that trust the process. It does work and it doesn't happen overnight. I think that to me was a big moment for me to think about too, is that this is not going to change your business in seven days. We're bombarded with advertising for, oh, be able to do this in seven days, be able to do this, change your whole business in 14 days, things like that, that, that sound really nice and sexy, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, that sounds great. And then you realize, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And it takes time 
and it takes effort. And so trusting the process is huge. When I look at, for example, even the data component and just checking in on those the scorecard measurables every week, wow, that's huge. Because when you do that on a weekly basis, before EOS, we used to do this, oh, we'll check our P&L at the end of the month, right? If you do that, you're too late. You're too late. <laughs> you can't make it. Game up. over. <laughs> exactly. Can't go back in time and change it. Nope. It is what it is. No, nope, it is what it is. And now it's like, holy cow. Wow. We're checking it every week. We're having our meetings religiously and we're checking those scorecards because those measurables tell the story. They don't lie. They tell a story. And when you start looking at that and then you tackle the issues of what's behind that, that to me was another aha is like, wow, okay, well, we can look at a number and we say, we think we know why that number is there. But when you really dig deep into it and you make that an issue, which makes it a priority, you start tackling those issues head on. You're like, wow, this is what this is the root of the problem. We've identified it. Now we're going to discuss it and we're going to solve it. And that Mm -hmm. to me was another like, wow, this is why our business is so successful right now is because we don't wait for information any longer. We are on it every single week and we adjust accordingly. So I want you to go back to fourth grade (laughs) elementary school teacher land. Okay. And concepts and principles that you were teaching the kids. Mm. And I want you to fast forward to today. Wow. And think about those Say like what are the same concepts and principles and things that you taught your kids in elementary school, which ones apply today in your world and in your business and how you run your business? Treat everyone fairly. Be nice. Give people the benefit of the doubt. It's something that you're always trying to do. I would say taking it step by step. It's one day at a time. And you sometimes have to map things out a little bit, but that's always a good thing. Everyone likes to know the direction they're headed. The kids wanted to know when recess was, right? And they wanted to know what the goal was at the end of the day. And I found that if you gave them, if you let them know where you were headed, the more they were in it. They trusted you. They look forward to it. Yeah. Their expectations were managed. Right. And they bought in. And they bought in. Imagine that. And imagine that. And that is so true. It's the buy-in that's huge. But you don't get the buy-in unless you involve them. We Run On EOS is available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us so you don't miss an episode. Not about quilting or anything else. I want to hear from you. Do you have ideas, suggestions, or feedback for the show? Email me at podcast at eosworldwide.com. You can learn more about all things EOS at eosworldwide.com. I'm your host, Pam Kosanke, and thanks for listening. Want to become a world-class integrator and help create rocket fuel for your company? The Integrator Masterclass will show you the way. Take the first step towards maximizing your visionary integrator relationship and learn everything you need to lead and execute more effectively as a dynamic duo. 
Visit rocketfueluniversity.com to learn more.